It's the SNL Hall of Fame Podcast. With your host, Jamie Dew. Chief Librarian, Thomas Senna. And featuring Matt Ardill. And now, Curator of the Hall, Jamie Dew. All right. Thank you so much, Doug. This is uh, JD here, and you are about to enter the SNL Hall of Fame. Please wipe your feet before you come inside, as we don't want any filth in the Hall of Fame. The SNL Hall of Fame podcast is a weekly affair. Each episode, we take a deep dive into the career of a former cast member, host, musical guest, or writer, and add them to the ballot for your consideration. Once the nominees have been announced, we turn to you, the listener, to vote for the most deserving and help determine who will be enshrined for perpetuity in the hall. And that day has come. I am joined by Thomas Senna, and we are going to go down the results and uh, take a, a look at who has made it into the Hall of Fame and who missed the cut this year who will be eliminated from the ballot, and all sorts of other good stuff. So before I go any further with this information dump, I'm going to say hi to my friend here. Thomas, how are you doing? Hello, Jamie. I'm doing very well. This is a special occasion. I got my tux on and my bow tie. Let's announce some inductees. Well, before we do that, we'll just quickly go through the uh, the parameters that, that people had to cut through to, to make it. You need uh, 66.6% of the ballot to be enshrined in the Hall of Fame. Uh, if you don't get at least 10% of the ballot, you are eliminated from the Hall of Fame. And of course, you stay on the ballot for 10 seasons. So we, we, we're only in season three. We, we don't have any uh, jeopardy of that happening thus far. So that's good. That's good news. What are you most excited for today, Thomas? Seeing if, if some of the people who I thought have deserved to be in the Hall of Fame, if they actually make it. So so one group in particular, one writing group in particular, uh, has been a sticking <laughs> point with me as far as not making the Hall of Fame. Uh, so I was going into this reveal just super curious to see if they would make it, if the Lonely Island, let's say it, if the Lonely Island would finally make right. the SNL Hall of Fame. I think they've been deserving since they were on the on the ballot in season one. That's right. So, so that was my main thing going into this: is where the hell is the Lonely Island? So, yeah. so I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see if they're in this time around. Yeah, we definitely will. Okay. Well, I can tell you off the top, we have the biggest Hall of Fame class, the largest Hall of Fame class that we've ever had, the most members inducted into the Hall of Fame that we've ever had, which is staggering. We had a record number of voters turn out like over a hundred more than last year. We finished with 297 different voters. That's pretty impressive to me that you all came out and exercised your comedic franchise. That's just wonderful news. So I don't know. Do we just go right into it? Let's get into it. All right. Who is our headliner this year, Thomas? Who made it with the most so with the most votes this season, at 83.2% of the vote, we have 
Mr. Dana Carvey is an SNL Hall of Famer. No surprise. I don't know about you, Jamie, but I thought this was a slam dunk. Dana's in the conversation for greatest of all time, I think. Absolutely. He's like a greatest of all time, Mount Rushmore. Those are the conversations that Dana is in. So Dana Carvey in with 83.2% of the vote. Congratulations, Dana. Yeah, a cast member with the most uh, percentage this year. Just uh, just a machine, really. I mean, if you listen to Fly on the Wall now, it's it's aggravating to a certain degree because <laughs> everything that somebody says spawns a bit. But I just think that's how his brain works. Like, he's just always on. He's always thinking about how to make people laugh and how to leverage the different characters and uh, impressions that he's been able to harness over the years and, you know, be fresh with them. Uh, he, he's truly a, a great, great SNL great. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if it's cliche to say, but like he's one of those guys where if you were going to go into a lab and build an SNL cast member, it might come out exactly like Dana Carvey. Yes. And, that, and that was such a good point that you mentioned. Like he's just, he's all about the bit. He's all about what's going to serve the comedy and you can hear it in his podcast and he'll even tell you that he might do it a little too much. Like he's said that maybe he steps on the guests a little bit, but that's because you think his, that's how his mind works. He's trying to, yeah. he's trying to find the bit in everything that he's talking about. And sometimes he doesn't have that thing where it's just like, well, maybe, maybe I'll just wait my turn or whatever. And he'll tell you that. But I think that served him so well when he was an SNL cast member. So deserving to be a, an SNL Hall of Famer. Absolutely. Dana, the plaque is in the mail. <laughs> uh, next on the list is another cast member and uh, another first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, and that is Amy Poehler with 75.1% of the ballot. What do you think about Amy Poehler, Thomas? Yeah, I think another very deserving one. I think she was arguably maybe the the face before Kristen Wiig got there. Um, maybe there was a little overlap, but I think Amy was arguably the face of her era of SNL. I think she was very beloved in her era. She, uh, I know John Schneider had told us some crazy stats about Amy Poehler as far as the, just the sheer amount of sketches and the percentage of sketches that she was in uh, when she was a cast member at SNL. But I think Man, 75%, three fourths. That's, that's probably about what I thought Amy would get. And rightfully so. I mean, she, she was just a fantastic sketch performer. What do you think, Jamie? I think she did it all. Like she really was a five tool player when you think about it, because she started out as a, as a sketch performer. She started out as a feature player, sketch performer. And then she had a second life as a, a weekend update anchor. And she was tremendous at that as well, you know, uh, working both with Seth and uh, Tina Fey. She did it all. Like, she did it all. Like, she is somebody who did it all and excelled. Uh, like, she did it all at a very high level, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. And t- to me, I-, I thought for sure she would make it. But, but the SNL Hall of Fame is tricky sometimes. Uh, sometimes you don't get, you know, you don't get what you think. It's the but will in this of the case, people, man. That's, that's right. what this is. <laughs> In this case, it, it turned out uh, in favor. So that's good. Yeah. Congratulations to uh, to Amy Poehler for making it. So the next person, the next inductee that we have, uh, also first time on the ballot uh, with 74.4% of the vote, 
we have what I maybe not maybe not an original <laughs> cast member, but pretty darn close to an original cast member. It's Bill Murray getting seventy four percent of the vote uh, on his first time on the ballot. Bill Murray, SNL Hall of Famer, and uh, you a Bill Murray fan, Jamie? I'm a huge Bill Murray fan. I I had a renaissance with him. I think when a lot of people did from his role in Rushmore. Uh, so that really got me back into him and it made me go back and look at the Saturday Night Live stuff. And if you think about it, he was really in a tough, tough position replacing Chevy Chase, who was doing feature films and on the cover of magazines. Chevy Chase was, you know, the it, the it boy. And Bill Murray had some big shoes to fill. And I think he did a great job. I think he became, um, you know, leading man ask because Ackroyd stayed in a sort of a glue role and uh, Murray ended up getting a lot of the, you know, a lot of the male centric parts and uh, did a fantastic job with it. Just fantastic. Yeah. I think Bill would even tell you or admit that, that he uh, was having trouble in his mind gaining traction initially. That's why he did the whole plea to the, to the audience sketch where he sat down and said, hello, I'm Bill Murray. I'm not quite hitting on the show. And here's why I think I'm not. And here, uh, trust me, I am funny. Regardless of what you've seen on the show, I am a funny person. I'm just not funny on the show. So he was, so I think, you know, a lot of that was, was a great bit, but I think a lot of that was rooted in maybe something real that he thought like, why am I not connecting? Like why am, you know, and ironically, like his first show, ever that he did was he was in a lot and he did a really great job, but maybe he had a string of shows where, where he, he felt like he wasn't in much. And he did that, that plea to the audience that just really propelled him. And then he had, you know, we ended up seeing Nick, the lounge singer and uh, just so many, the nerds, there's so many memorable characters and he was just so magnetic. He, he knew how to just grab the audience and take them where, wherever Bill wanted to take them. Yeah. Yeah, and he's continued to do so in his uh, post SNL career as well. So mm. really wonderful. I'm 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 so happy that uh, that Bill Murray made it on the first ballot because it would have been a tough one, like the next one, to explain to people. <laughs> no, no, he didn't make it on the first ballot. The next one we go to is uh, another cast member, another first ballot Hall of Famer with seventy three point seven percent, and that's John Belushi. Belushi, of course little divisive in in you know in our in our current era that we are in because we've 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 just got access to so much more information than we've ever had before and there was a little bit of misogyny there uh you know there was a lot of drugs but he had a way of peeling through all of that and making himself very magnetic on the screen very funny very funny I was never a giant Belushi fan. I was a Murray guy, but there's no doubt that Belushi belongs. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. And there's no doubt for me either. And the 73.7% may be a little lower than I would expected, but that the, like you mentioned, if you factor in some of the, uh, some of the things like the misogyny, a lot of times he didn't treat his, his cohorts on the show as well, or maybe look down on them because of some misogyny, that he had and that's factored in and as it should be i think if some if somebody values that and wants to keep belushi off because of that then i i absolutely agree with that but his since i've been doing this show 
and kind of getting in more to maybe the the original cast and watching sketches more in depth, I've come to really appreciate some of the subtlety that Belushi brought to the screen, especially with the samurai. Like just his with his just facial expressions with the samurai and his movements and he could do it all as a sketch comedian. He wasn't he wasn't just uh, I'm the guy who who yells a lot or I'm the guy who does pratfalls like Belushi could do could do everything. He can he can play it really straight and subtle. He can only he can act with his eyes. He could be funny with just his movements. He could say clever things. So I think just all around what what a sketch performer Belushi was has really um, I've really taken notice of that since I've been going back and watching a lot of the original cast. So I think, I think Belushi definitely deserving. Well, drum roll. Can we get a drum roll for our fifth nominee? The lonely Island is in the SNL hall of fame with 73.4% of the vote. We have the lonely Island uh, third time on the ballot. So they went up from 52.9 to 62 to 73% of the vote. So I think I've been banging this drum hard. I know Jamie, you've been, you've been kind of wondering, you've been uh, extolling the virtues of the Lone Land. I know our buddy, John Schneider has been confused as to why the Lonely Island <laughs> is not in the SNL hall of fame, but they finally are the Lonely Island. Well-deserving. You could still feel their impact almost. Absolutely. What now? 17 years, 18 years uh, after they started doing their thing on SNL, they changed the structure of the show in a lot of ways, the presentation of the show that that still felt today as far as pre-tapes and expectations of pre-tapes and just iconic, just influential. I'm so happy about this. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I really only have a three-word response, and that is lonely no more. They are on an island of uh, Hall of Famers, and they rightfully are uh, on that island. So uh, really glad to see that we don't have to have this debate with people anymore. <laughs> yes, I know exactly. I don't have to get frustrated anymore. So congratulations, Andy and Akiva and Yorma. Uh, you three are SNL Hall of Famers. All right, our first uh, host. This uh, fella made a tremendous jump. I'm not even sure it's mathematically possible <laughs> the jump that he made uh going from 47.4 percent last year to 73 percent and that is the store of the 90s john goodman uh i have no issues with john goodman being in the hall of fame whatsoever uh he was there when i was there i got to watch him every year you know he's been a great friend of the show in terms of guest spots and uh you know, if you were to write a guidebook of what what a good guest looks like, I think there'd be a chapter in that book that would be called John Goodman. Yeah, he's, he's set an archetype for what a great uh, SNL host is. He was on, I believe, 11 or 12 seasons in a row as host I'm from like 89 right? to 2001 or something. So he spanned the entire 90s uh, and beyond. I think it was 11 or 12 uh, episodes in, or seasons in a row because he was old reliable because he was so good like he was one of those where the cast when they when Lauren would be in the office and say well we have John Goodman coming in 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 March to host and the cast would be like wonderful like it's not right. not that the cast could take the the show off 
but they knew that they would have somebody to play with and it would ease a lot of the, the burden that was put on the cast to put on a great show. They knew that they had somebody coming in who could live up to putting on a great show with them. Goodman was just in, in, in so much, a lot of good one-offs. Like, I don't know if you remember the, uh, the sketch where he played the referee and he was, they were doing the, the show, the, the, the talk show. And it was fans asking the referee yes. questions. It was basically yes. just berating the berating him the whole time. That That's was like right. a one-off sketch. When you have that your I, head in your ass or whatever yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was a, uh, he was a Cajun chef with the, uh, when he, he was on with the Phil Hartman, that recurring sketch, the uh, anal retentive chef and John Goodman came in and played a Cajun chef and they were playing off each other really well he's one of the brasky guys the bill brasky guys absolutely so many iconic things that that goodman came in and did whether it was recurring or one-off uh goodman brought so much to the table and yeah 47 percent in season two i think maybe some of the some of the um the seas parted maybe after season two as far as who got in and maybe a lot of voters felt that now's the time that i can put Goodman on my ballot since I already took care of business with some other people. So we yeah, saw so a healthy jump uh, with, with Goodman and deser- deservedly. So he's a, I don't even know, 12 timer, 13 timer. I'm not, Goodman? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah I know that it's 11 in a row. Um, yeah. This is where we need a chief <laughs> st- statistician. <laughs> um, all right. Next on the docket, we have another, another writer and, this one is uh, equally interesting to me in the sense that uh, they made a tremendous jump from season one to season two. And that is, of course, everyone's favorite late night talk show host, Conan O'Brien. Thomas, uh, I, I want to let you go first on, on Conan. So th- this is the only one. No offense to Conan. He's honestly my favorite. He and Letterman are my two favorite late night talk show host of all time. Like I'm a huge Conan fan. I listened to his podcast. Conan O'Brien needs a friend and he's wonderful on that. He's, I love Conan and everything that I've seen him in. I just don't know that he's an SNL hall of famer specifically. Right. If you just look at Conan's work on SNL, he was behind some good stuff. I think I remember, I don't know if this is him or Jack Handy, but there was a skeleton sketch where John Lithgow played a, uh, an anatomy professor. teacher and he would a professor yeah. and he would and the skeleton would scare him every time he would look at it and i've heard conan talk about maybe he was had, had a had a little bit to do with that and so but it's hard to think back at conan's time at snl and say yes he definitely put his stamp on the show it, to me it was more so other writers like i said like jack handy maybe somebody else who we might talk about on this episode but there are uh, james downey there are other writers that were just more so influential on that era than Conan was. And, and I don't think he would take umbrage with, with me saying that honestly, and it's no offense to him. He's a genius comedically, but if you just look at his time on SNL, I, this is one of the ones that I don't quite agree with the voters here. I'm happy for Conan, but it's something where I'm just, uh, I'm not quite in alignment on this one. This one to me screams of like name recognition you know it's like we know who conan is uh above a lot of the other writers even the lonely island uh i changed the ballot from the first season to the second season to add their names on the ballot just to make sure that everybody knew that the lonely island was andy akiva and yorma you know conan is a writer that is a name commodity and it, it would be interesting to know 
to dig in if there was a way to do that, um, to, to find out, you know, if that's, uh, where that came from. Cause it was surprising to me as well, especially, you know, uh, in light of somebody else we're going to mention. Yeah. I think Conan's just lovable and, and people respect his, his overall talent. And I think that bled in, bled into this for sure. It's definitely, t- it's definitely tough to, to get people to restrict their votes to, you know, the conversation that you have with the guest uh, that is so SNL specific, you know, uh, it, it really is tough to sort of um, separate that from, Oh my gosh, he was the talk show host that I grew up with the late night talk show host that I grew up with. And I loved him and And Oh my gosh, I listened to the podcast the other day and heard them doing um, the girly man dilemma, you know? And right. so he's a writer. So he, you know, he belongs or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the, so the next inductee, into the SNL Hall of Fame is I'm I'm very much surprised by this in a good way, in a positive way, because I didn't know if this person was going to have a chance on their first ballot. And I'm pleasantly surprised that they're actually in on their first ballot. So another host and it's Christopher Walken with 69.7% of the vote, Christopher Walken and Jamie Burwood did this episode with me on Christopher Walken. It was so much fun to go rewatch his episodes and just just bathe in the in the oddness and silliness uh, that that was Christopher Walken on SNL. And the more I thought about it, because I was unsure even going into that episode, I'm like, I think he's a good nominee, but I don't know that he's a Hall of Famer. But after rewatching his sketches and and uh, talking to Jamie Burwood about this. I'm so happy that Christopher Walken is in the SNL Hall of Fame. Such a unique presence on the show. That was a great episode, Thomas. That was a great conversation. Yeah, Jamie was awesome. She yeah. she she came oh, she really came through <laughs> there. Yeah, uh Walken to me was a you know, a a host that brought silliness and for a serious actor for somebody that is known as like, you know, he was in freaking deer hunter for heaven's sake, such an intense movie. And to see this guy come on and just be silly and have fun and get his hands dirty, you know, that is just a lot of fun. And I'm thrilled that he's in. I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled. Yeah. He was in possibly the most iconic sketch of that era. One of the most iconic sketches ever with the cowbell sketch. Christopher Walken. I mean, people know Will Ferrell killed it in that sketch, but Christopher Walken was his equal, in my opinion, in that sketch. Like Christopher Walken's delivery and his funny lines balanced out Will Ferrell's, a lot of Will Ferrell's more physical comedic style in that sketch. And Walken also had the Continental, (laughs) which people loved, a recurring sketch. For a host that, you know, Christopher Walken was announced as host and people knew like, oh, we're probably going to get a Continental. This will be great. And just his, yes, Walken was just such an odd duck and that served him so well on the show. Just such a unique flavor to hosting SNL. So I'm I'm very happy that Christopher Walken is in. Next up, cut the ribbon, cue the band, because we have our first musical guest. Wow. As uh, a Hall of Famer, it should come as no surprise. It only took three voting cycles to have a musical guest. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. But I would say Paul Simon is, uh, you know, quintessential. He's been there from the 
you know, almost day one, uh, day two, you could say, or week two, right through to, gosh, when was his last appearance on? 2018? Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, that was his final performance. Uh, like oh, ever. Really? Yeah. <laughs> on SNL? No, just, yeah, th- his his final performance in SNL was actually his final performance. His final performance, as, yeah. As that's a musician, a- yeah. Well, that's iconic. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. enormous. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, well-deserved. You could argue or, or nitpick if you wanted how many times he was actually the musical guest versus, you know, just uh, having the show be a variety show based around him. But I think when you think of, uh, no matter what era you think of, and you think of him, you you have good good vibage, good memories. I mean, the, the turkey suit, uh, the boxer... Uh, I remember when he was on, when he was touring Graceland and he had all the African dancers and, and band. And that was so spectacular to see as like a small town kid. You know, I saw that and it was like revolutionary. It was, it was, it was like, wow, this is, this is so cool. I guess this is what world music is, but it was poppy and fun. And yeah, I, I think well-deserved. Yeah, and 60, he, 68.7% he finished with. Yeah, Paul Simon got 68.7% of the vote, and he reunited with Art Garfunkel on SNL. That's enormous. Too. Yeah, that's huge. After six years of them not performing together, he and Garfunkel reunited on SNL. And I know on this show, we try to have categories. So we have our cast member, host, musical guest, writer categories, right? Paul Simon, I even told... Uh, my guest for that for that episode, Maddie. I said we're gonna have to play fast and loose with the with the musical guest criteria with Paul Simon because he performed music on fifteen episodes of SNL. Whether he was actually officially billed as musical guest, maybe what was that eight times or so? But he performed music fifteen times, uh, fifteen separate episodes on SNL, and he he's just you can't argue his. His, that his fingerprints were all over the show. And uh, right. that had a lot to do with his talent. I know he was Lorne and he are uh, damn near best friends, but he was just always a guy who, who was called upon in big moments too. The first episode after 9-11, who was there performing? It was Paul Simon. That's so right. yeah, fingerprints all over the show. I'm happy we have a musical guest in. Uh, we needed some representation. So, so there you go, Paul Simon. The next one I'm really excited about, and this is what I was talking about when we talked about Conan, I almost wish their voting numbers could have switched because this person actually acknowledged our show, uh, you know, (laughs) so that gives them extra points as far as I'm concerned. But this is another writer with 68% of the vote. And that's Robert Smigel. Yes, Robert Smigel. I'll give I'll give a little context behind that. So Bill Kenny was my guest, uh, the great Bill Kenny for uh, for the Robert Smigel episode. And Bill actually reached out to Robert Smigel on Twitter. He DM'd him and said, "You know, I'm doing I'm on this podcast, SNL Hall of Fame, and I was wondering if you could give me like some sketches that you wrote and some of your memories or whatever." And Bill just thought he would take a shot. He didn't think Robert would reply but robert replied to bill and gave him like this nice comprehensive list of of uh, of sketches that he was in and and bill said thank you and uh and so robert 
helped with with research for his own episode. <laughs> so which which I thought I thought was wonderful and it and and uh, and it, I was surprised too by he he wrote a lot of things that I didn't know that he had a hand in. Like Phil Hartman did a famous Ronald Reagan uh, mastermind kind of sketch early on. Great sketch. Wonderful sketch. I think that was the sketch that we played in full uh, at the end of yes. Smigel's episode. It was. I didn't know Smigel was behind that until he told Bill Kenny uh, that he was. Uh, he just had so many classic. We, I talked about Conan O'Brien and his era, how Conan wasn't the guy that you thought about as far as writers go. I think Smigel w- was the guy in that era. Uh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Just that, that cadre of Smigel and Odenkirk and, uh, you know, like you said earlier, Jack Handy as well. I don't know that they hung out, but, um, but Odenkirk and, and Smigel did for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, just great sensibility. Um, some different, some different looks, uh, comedically. Yeah. I think, uh, I think well-deserved. Um, so happy to see, uh, writers being three writers. Three writers mm-hmm. in this class. Like, that's that's enormous. Yep. And if you look at Smigel's tenure, okay, so so he was just, you know, he wrote sketches early on from like 86, 85, 86, until maybe the mid-90s, Smigel wrote all these classic sketches to Bears. He wrote The Cluck and Chicken. He wrote Schmidt's Gay. So he wrote all these classic sketches, right? And then he left, came back, and he did TV Funhouse. So I think I think he's an SNL Hall of Famer before TV Funhouse. If you only included his pre-TV Funhouse, I think he's still an SNL Hall of Famer. If you only included TV Funhouse by itself, he might be an SNL Hall of Famer. You combine those, it's just incredible. Like Smigel, his fingerprints as far as a writer, I don't think, other than maybe James Downey, I don't think it could be topped, Robert Smigel, and what he delivered as a writer to the show. Uh, I I tend to agree with you. One more. Thomas, one take it more. Away. Yeah, we got one more. Uh, we've announced 10 so far. So we have uh, a recap. So we have Dana Carvey, Amy Poehler, Bill Murray, John Belushi, The Lonely Island, John Goodman, Conan O'Brien, Christopher Walken, Paul Simon, Robert Smigel, and this next person. This is the, the last on the uh, on the list of inductees this season, uh, their first time on the ballot. So a first timer from the original cast, an amazing glue person, uh, wonderful one of the the first great weekend update <laughs> anchor. Uh, I'm talking about Jane Curtin with 67.3 percent of the vote. Jane Curtin made the SNL Hall of Fame. This means a lot to me. We love Jane. I went back recently and listened to the episode you did with Andrew Dick and uh, just a phenomenal episode, maybe, maybe a a hall of fame episode. (laughs) Um, It was, it was tremendous. And Andrew made a great, great case. Yeah. I listened to that before I cast my votes and I did, I did cast a vote for Jane Curtin. To me, she's very deserving, but that solidified it. And I think that's the raison d'etre of this show. You listen to these great conversations and you're reminded. It's almost like poking a poking a fire that is out, but the embers are still there. And you poke away, and then next thing you know, you have another roaring fire. Uh, that's what our show intends to do. And when it when it works, it, it works. Uh, I have no doubt that Curtin made it in in part because of 
because of that episode. But the largest part that she made it in was her body of work. She's got a tremendous body of work. Yeah, she she again weekend update. She was she pioneered. I know Chevy Chase was the first weekend update anchor, but I think Jane really grabbed the reins and made it her own. And yeah. she was the weekend update anchor after Chevy left until see, at the end of season five. And she and she and Murray co co anchored here and there. Uh, but Jane was like the face of that. And then she was like the greatest talk show host. In, Absolutely. And maybe in SNL history. And that's a thankless role as a sketch performer. But Jane, Jane, cause Jane was the, the straight person in those situations and played so well off whatever crazy guest that she had on her talk shows, like the, um, the Dan Aykroyd, Irwin Mainway character. Jane played so well off of that Irwin Mainway character. And that's just what she did every time. And, and, and she was really good when they gave her, uh, you know, more straight, like comedic sketches to work with. She could play that. She's just so darn likable and so darn talented. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that is your class of season three. Uh, really proud of, uh, everybody for coming out and voting. Uh, again, we had more votes than we've ever had before. Let's look at uh, the unfortunate side of things now. Um, we'll, we'll spend less time, you know, with with these with these uh, nominees for sure. But these are the ones that didn't make the cut. They they fell under ten percent this time around, and they will be off the ballot next time. And we're going to start at at the bottom. Unfortunately. Um, the writing was on the wall with uh, Lily Tomlin when she went from 15.5% to 13.5% uh, going from season one to two. Whenever you see that sort of shrink down, you, you, you do sort of get concerned that it's, it's not going to work out. And sure enough, Lily Tomlin fell under 10% this time. So she is off the ballot. Think back to Lily Tomlin's hosting gigs. I think a lot of what her work was was the Lily Tomlin show. Like yes. she, she was very talented, but she was, I think she was so isolated in, in, in what she did on the show in many ways. And just even compared to hosts from that era, I don't think she necessarily stood out or had any sketches that you think back and you're like, yeah, that, that Lily Tomlin sketch, like you think about Steve Martin, uh, for instance, and you, you can come up with a dozen King Tut, you could come up with the, the fair strunk brothers, like but you think back to Lily Tomlin, I think she just sort of washes uh, over people. And that's probably what happened here um, with the voters. And you're right. The writing was on the wall. Yeah. I think if we were had, had this vote in 1983 instead of 2023, she's likely in because mm -hmm. people, she was still a named commodity. And um, unfortunately she, she, you know, she won't be a voted in hall of famer. There are other ways that potentially voter, uh, nominees will get into the hall of fame that we'll deal with in the future but for now she is off the ballot thomas do you want to just run through the next uh the next three because they're all first timers yeah yeah so also off the ballot uh beyonce is off she only had got 4.9 percent of the vote in her on her first time on the ballot rihanna got 5.4 percent of the vote she's off the ballot and Elliot Gould also got 5.4% of the vote, and he's off the ballot. So Elliot Gould, Rihanna, Beyonce, all first-timers and all already off the ballot. And I don't have a huge problem necessarily. I think Beyonce especially 
she's probably so famous <laughs> for yeah. her work outside of SNL that she's just not associated with SNL. She's had some great performances. Uh, Will Norman and I had a great time going through Beyonce's SNL appearances, but I'm definitely not surprised. I mean, Beyonce's just so Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. it's not, a, and we couldn't get, apparently the beehive didn't, uh, didn't, no, it didn't crash so. the party and, yes. <laughs> and and vote for this because uh, she probably would have made it if that was the case. Last um, year we lost Taylor Swift, so the yeah. Swifties didn't help her, and this year the Beehive didn't help Beyonce. So yeah, and I think the Taylor Swift is a good comp to Beyonce. I think they're just so famous outside of SNL that it's hard to associate them with SNL for a lot of people. Yeah. What do you what do you uh, make Rihanna of was, Elliot Rihanna Gould? Was I'm the curious. One that was, oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, Elliot Gould. I'm a little disappointed because he was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's a five-timer. He's definitely a five-timer because he's in the new five-time sketches. So he's one of the first five-timers after Buck Henry. But hes I I think he's too closely associated with the early part of the 70s uh, when he was a a raging movie star. He was a giant movie star. And people think of him now as Mr. Geller. Uh, if if uh, people my age yeah, think of him as friends. Mr. Geller right. from Friends, um, which is a, you know a little less uh, prestigious, um, so I'm I'm not shocked uh, the same way I'm not shocked with Lily Tomlin, but I'm maybe a bit disappointed because he is a five timer. So that might be something we have to re- revisit. Rihanna, I, I think, has the same sort of thing as Beyonce. Like she's giant. But I do think that she participated in some sketches. And uh, I think she, you know, uh, I think a Shirani off the top of my head. And um, maybe it's too close to what she does normally. Like it was it was a song. It was a, a hip hop song. So maybe that uh, sealed her fate. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. As far as Elliot Gould goes, he is a five timer. But I, I'm, I actually think I'm actually happy that that's not the end all be all of getting into the Esna hall of fame. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm glad there's sure. some subjectivity to it and people aren't just getting in because they're a five timer. I mean, John Goodman is a 10 timer plus, and he had to wait uh, a co- yeah. couple seasons, <laughs> a couple of two or three voting cycles. And I'm so I'm glad that there's some subjectivity to it. Like the baseball hall of fame, like the 3000 hits, I guess is a unofficial kind of, kind of mark but still i mean you could get over 500 home runs over 3,000 hits and still not be voted into the hall of fame whether you know when baseball there's some performance enhancing drug issues that play there but i'm glad there's not like a threshold to where if you've hosted a certain amount of times then you're just in like there needs to be some subjectivity because like a a three-time host could have more of an impact on the show than like a six or seven time host well, I look at Adam Driver at this point. Adam Driver yeah. to me is amazing as a as a host, and I've I've watched a couple of the Elliot Gold episodes. I, I'm, you know, I know it's different. I know it's it's from a bygone era, but um, it didn't resonate with me. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. Now that's a good example. Adam Driver. I think John Hamm as a host was yeah. far far better than somebody like Elliot Gold. And Hamm's hosted three times, so. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm actually as far I like Elliot Gould, but he wasn't necessarily one of the hosts that totally like stood out to me even from that era. Well, we lost three others. Um, I'll go in reverse order at 8.4 uh, percent. Elvis Costello he went down from 8.2 percent. 
or actually he went up, but uh, not enough. Uh, Miley Cyrus uh, has been on the ballot for all three cycles. She went from 7.1 to 7.6 to 8.1. So she was growing, but at this rate, she would have had to be on for like 15 election cycles to uh, hit the 66.7 if she grew at that rate. Uh, and then Drew Barrymore went from 9.9 to 7.7. I think that's, um, uh, again, you know, uh, she was an interesting choice for a nominee and it made for a good episode, but I definitely don't think of Drew Barrymore as, uh, as synonymous in any way with, with SNL. No, I agree with that. I, I enjoy talking to Nicole Robine about Drew Barrymore and it yeah. was fun to re-explore Drew Barrymore's work, but I agree. Uh, I, I think uh, I don't have a problem with her here. Same with Miley Cyrus. Uh, Elvis Costello is an interesting example to me of somebody who had a, how had a memorable moment on moment. SNL. But it That's was a right. moment and it was and he had other like pretty good performances and and whatnot. He was on the 25th anniversary with Beastie Boys. But really with Elvis Costello, it was that moment in 1977 or whenever that ended up getting him banned from the show. Right. Um, right. Or I so I say banned in quotes because who the heck knows if that was an official ban from Lauren, but it was an infamous. When we get Lauren, when we get Lauren on, we'll ask. We'll him. ask him. That'll be one of the first <laughs> things that we'll ask Lauren when he's on the show. Um, yeah, so that's an example to me of like it was a it was a memorable infamous moment. Yes, but does Elvis Costello's appearances and his work on SNL warrant a Hall of Fame selection? Our voters said no. I agree with the voters. Yeah. I think our voters, I think by and large, the voters got it right this time. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, maybe the, the Conan one is a little tenuous, but I'm, I'm certainly not angry that Conan O'Brien is in our Hall of Fame. Like, I think, uh, uh, I think he will add some name recognition. I'm angry. But, uh, what I the think... hell? Conan? Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, the voters did a, a, a great job. Now, we'll wrap up here just going over uh, anybody that you want to sort of discuss that, that you can see a pathway for season four. Uh, obviously the ballot will be restocked with 15 new names next year, but it's definitely peeled down from what it has been. Uh, so it won't be as monstrous next year when you vote. Are there anybody that you see that has a path to next year? Or is there anybody you see that you're worried about sliding out of contention? So the, the, the person who I'm interested in their path. Uh, so we had, we have our first musical guest in Paul Simon in the SNL right. hall of fame. Well-deserved. This next person is another musical guest who I believe should be a lock SNL hall of famer. Voters haven't quite agreed yet, but Dave Grohl. So Dave Grohl was on the ballot in season two and received 32.2% of the vote. He jumped to 54% of the vote. So I see a path to where we can get in another musical guest, a deserving musical guest in Dave Grohl. And I think anybody who who's curious about Dave Grohl and SNL, go re-listen to the episode that I did on him with Ryan McNeil. That was, I, I think, I, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I absolutely loved that episode. <laughs> that that ryan that's and the, i did that's the episode that we're going to submit for the potties yes yes can be the <laughs> dave grohl episode because i think you know there was a lot of meat on that bone dave grohl loves the show and has had so many memorable performances on the show in my opinion and he jumped from 32 to 54 
And I think there's a path to make a next leap for Dave Grohl. And I expect, I hope and expect Dave Grohl to be an SNL Hall of Famer sooner rather than later. Mm, nice little rhyme there. For me, I am looking at, uh, right now, I'm looking at James Downey. Because James Downey, I feel, belongs in the Hall of Fame. And one way or another, we're going to get him in there. Uh, but I would love to see him get in through the traditional process of voting. And so far, uh, while he didn't go up as much as he went up from season one to season two, he went from 30.3 to 44.4. Uh, he still managed to slide upward, and uh, he finished at just under 50% with 49.5. I, I think there's a path for him, maybe not season four, but definitely season five, uh, if he can continue this growth. But I'd love to see him go in in season four and get his due, for sure. Yeah, definitely. We have a cluster of riders there that that yeah. since Conan got voted in, maybe that'll open things up for people to consider other writers. So we had Jack Handy, who got fifty-two percent of the vote this year. We had James Downey at forty-nine, Franken and Davis about forty-seven percent. Even Paul Appel got thirty-four percent of the vote. So there's like a cluster of writers that I'm interested to see what happens with them. If they get if they start losing steam or if they gain steam and we all of a sudden look up and there's like two or three writers maybe at this time next year uh, yeah. in the Snow Hall of Fame. So that whole writing category um, is going to be interesting to me. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. One more that I'll highlight that I'm really intrigued by, and that's John Mulaney. Went from 47.7 to 43.3, .3, and then this year fell to 27.3. I don't know what I can attribute that to other than uh, we got two hosts in. So maybe he lost some host votes there because we elected two hosts. Maybe it's because he didn't show up this year. Maybe some people are taking, you know, his, his, uh, time away. Um, maybe they didn't like baby J. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. I thought baby J was fantastic for the, for the, for the record, turning his, <laughs> yeah. turning his intervention and, and, uh, stay at the, at the rehab facility into, into material in a John Mulaney type way. I, I thought, I thought that was great. Uh, maybe, yeah. I don't, maybe he would, they held against like quote unquote off the field issues. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe people held that against him or maybe he, they, uh, for me, the thing with Mulaney is I still view him as like a, a current, I guess, performer. Yeah. So maybe That's that, true. you know, maybe people, against him. he's still an active part of SNL. So that could work against him. So, so the, yeah, that's an interesting one falling 16% from, from the prior vote is, is pretty alarming. Actually, yeah. I don't, that, that's, that's an, that's a steep fall <laughs> for, uh, for John Mulaney. And I should say to the person who received the, the highest percentage of the vote without getting in was Maya Rudolph. Maya that's Rudolph right. got 58.3% of the vote, only up from 57.9. Maybe it was just a crowded field uh, as far as cast members, like new cast members coming in. Uh, your Dana Carvey's and Jane, Jane Curtin's, John Belushi's. Uh, maybe that's what stifled uh, a rise for Maya Rudolph. But Maya Rudolph, 58.3% of the vote, uh, the most for anybody who did not get inducted into the SNO Hall of Fame. Probably a path for Maya. I think Maya is going to be in at some point. Yeah, me too. She's too talented to not get the votes needed. And too beloved, too. Yeah. Fan yeah. favorite. Absolutely. 
Well, Thomas, it's been great going through this with you today. And to listeners of the show, uh, it's been great doing this with you again this season. We will return in September and uh, with, a, with a brand new set of nominees and some great new conversations. Thomas, is there anything you want to wrap on? You want me to actually wrap? <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I can. Funny thing is, Thomas, our, our listenership sing. would drop if I if I if I pulled out some of my rhymes. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just excited. I'm just excited for season four. Um, we too. we uh, I'm I'm excited to for people to find out kind of how we chose the nominees and who the nominees are. Just the whole process was was very fun for me. And me um, yeah, just looking forward to another season. I want to thank everybody who listens and votes and. This uh, just doing this podcast means the world to me. I was telling Jamie, this is like, this is my number one hobby is doing research and talking to the guests and editing and putting out these shows. So it's just been a wonderful, wonderful thing. So I'm excited to keep going, excited for a brand new season. And the seas parted. We had 11 inductees and and we had some people drop off the ballot. So we have like kind of the ballot's going to look a lot different it's in a lot of ways uh, next time around. So that'll be fascinating, but I just want to thank everybody for listening and voting. Well, on behalf of Matt and Thomas, we bid you adieu as you're leaving today, please do me a favor. And as you walk past the weekend update exhibit, turn out the lights because the SNL hall of fame is now closed. Thanks for listening to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. Make sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media at SNLHOF. This is Doug Denant saying, this is Doug Denant saying, see you next week. Some such.